Today's daf is daf Pezayin. We are holding uh, towards the bottom of Pevav Bays at the two dots. It's about uh, 15 lines from the bottom of Vaisha So we had learned in the Mishnah that if a person embarrasses a blind, a blind man, he is responsible for payment of boshes for humiliation. So the Mora points out is my like of Yehuda that the Mishnah does not go like the opinion of Yehuda. We had this before, the son of Yehuda Omer, uh, that Summa Engler Boshes. Is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that there is no payment made to a person that is blind for humiliation. We're going to see it's based on Psukim, Sixeris Akasim. Now, so he said, the, the Gemara points out, we're going to have three Bryces, each one a little bit more inclusive than the next, that not only does Yehuda hold that there's no boishas payment for a blind person, but a blind person is also not subject to the laws of Golus, if you kill inadvertently, that you have to go to Golus. And not only that, is also anything that involves lashes, you also do not give lashes to a blind person that he is not is exempt from the laws of Malchus. All right? And finally, Umechaiva Mises Basti. Also, capital offenses, he will not be subject to as well. So now, let's explain. My time at Rabbi Yehuda. What is the reasoning from Yehuda for all of these? We're going to take each one on its own. So what is it like this? The first drasha he learns out is Gomer Einecha Me'edim Zoymamin is that Boishas, we learned, the Parsha of Boishas is learned out by the case of the two husbands fighting and the woman grabbing one of the men. So it says over the Loisachos, do not have compassion, do not look at her with eyes that are compassionate. But it uses the word Einecha. It also uses the word Einecha by the laws of Adam Zomamin, right? Now, uh, Adam Zomamin, obviously, uh, what do we learn from Adam Zomamin? uses the same uh, word. We know Adam's omen have to be able to see. How do we know that Adam's omen have to be able to see? Because how can they be Adam if they can't see? Kiva Eger actually has a question. Well, maybe they became blind after they saw. Right? Anyway, that's the great of Kiva But anyway, the point is, so since they have to be able to see, and it uses the same terminology by Boshes, there's a Boshes, the partial Boshes only applies by people that are able to see. So that's the first step. Okay, that's how we know that there's no din boishes by somebody that is blind, according to Yehuda. Right. So therefore, like this. So again, just as by Adam Zomin, obviously they cannot be blind. Avacha, so too here by boishes sumin loy. Now, Now, what's the drasha to Chayve Golias to tell me that somebody who's blind is not in the parsha of Golus, right? The Pazik talks about if a person goes into a forest to chop wood, all right, and he chops and either a mikato, either the, 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 the barzel from, from the, the metal or, the, or, or, or one of the chips from the wood, but either way, however you learn there, goes and damages somebody, why can't they be talking about a blind person as well? So it says, like the Sanya, the Pazuk says, Beloi Ra'ois, that it happened without him seeing. Now, what does Rabbi Yehuda learn from that? Beloi Ra'ois means, Prat Lasumo, that excludes a blind person, because the way Rashi explains this, we'll see a little bit more in the Gemara coming up, but Rashi explains, it's Mashma that this event, he did not see what happened. But what does that imply? But it's talking about that someone that did have the capacity... To see. to see. So therefore, the parsha of Adam, of, 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 of Golus, which is the parsha we're discussing now, does not involve somebody that is blind. That's Div Rabbi Yehuda. Now, Rav Meir actually was exactly the opposite. Rav Meir, that that below Ra'us does not come to exclude a blind person from the parsha of Golus. Actually, it comes to include a person from the parsha of Golos. So now, let's explain the machlokzi between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda. So my time to Rav Yehuda, what is the reasoning for Rav Yehuda? So Amr Allah, Rav Yehuda will explain it to you as follows. The opening statement was, Asher Yavos Re'eu Bayar. A person came to chop wood and his friend happened to be there in the, des- in, in the forest. Now, that's a, a general statement. It means you came into the forest to chop wood. Who is it talking about? Says so anybody, anybody could even mean a blind, person. a blind person. Exactly how blind persons chopping wood. Okay, but but the point is anybody, right? It means anybody. All right. Now, 
That's a filusum that's included even a blind person. All right. So uh, then, Kosev Rachmana below rose. Then the Torah falls up, uh, follows up that you chopped and you didn't uh, without seeing means you did not see that there was somebody in proximity when you were chopping, right? Which implies that here you didn't see, but somewhere else, but, but otherwise you would have had vision. So that would be lemiute to exclude. So we understand that there's a general statement and then there's an exclusionary statement to take out from the general statement. Don't make a mistake and think the general statement is including a blind person in the parsha of Golos. The exclusionary statement of below Rose is to exclude a, bar, a blind person from Golos. That's the way Rabbi Yehuda learns the, the rule. Alright? It's almost like a clown and a prat to a certain extent we have before. Now, what does Rav Meir hold? Rav Meir said, that's nice, you're right, but you can't just stop there. Because Kosov Rachmana below Ra'os, Lemiyute, you're right, that the below Ra'os would exclude a blind person from Golos. But the part the, the passage continues, and there's another exclusion, and Kosov Rachmana Bevli Das, that you did this without awareness. Now, Lechora, without awareness, also implies that who's excluded? A blind person, because a blind, it's much more that you did this without awareness, but somebody else, but you would have been able to have a full awareness in other scenarios, whereas a blind person is never able to have the full awareness. So now you have two exclusions, below Ra'os and Bevli Das, one after the other. What happens when you have two exclusions, one after the other? Exclusion. exclusion after exclusion, like a negative times a negative becomes a inclusory statement, includes. So therefore, Lemiute, have a mute, achra mute, ve'i mute, achra mute, ela lerabos, which therefore, the, the, the take away the overall outcome of the drushes, according to Rab Meir, is that a blind person is, is excluded. Now, Tos was asked to put is, is included in the parsha of, of, of Golis. Now, comes out, Tos was asked a general question, doesn't give an answer to it. It says, it says you could ask this in, in any case we do this. If that's really what the intent of the Torah was, was then why not just leave out both exclusions? It's a good question, right? Yeah. Tos doesn't give an answer to it. Something to think about. But anyway, that's uh, that, that that's uh, but that's well, that becomes the machloka. So Rav Meir is not disagreeing with the Yehuda that the word below Raos implies that here he's not able to see, but somewhere else he would be able to see. Which the effect of that would mean to exclude a blind person. But he said, but because it says bevli das, which is also seems to exclude a blind person, and miut achramiut is coming le rabos. Now the only thing we have to explain that is that how does Rabbi Yehuda to understand, not like Reb Meir. According to Reb Yehuda, he holds that it's not a miut achra miut. So the only way you have to say that, you have to give another, what does he use below Bevli uh, Das for? He must have another interpretation of the word Bevli Das, that it's not coming to exclude a blind person. So what does he learn? It's Reb Yehuda, who Bevli Das, Pratamiskav, and Huda also. It's coming to exclude a, a, a situation where a person had intent, meaning that uh, Rashi just alludes to it, but the Sugya in Masechus Makos says as follows, is that according to Yehuda, let's say a person was intending to kill an Ovekuchovim, or even according to some, was intending to kill an animal, and he misshot, and it hit a yid, right? He says, you would not go to Golas for that. I was a mistake, but your intent was to kill something. It's only where you did not intend to kill do you have the parsha of Golas. How do you know that? Bevli Das. It has to be done without the awareness, without the intent to having to kill. So now since he uses it for that purpose, therefore... He, is, uh, he does not have it as an exclusion for a blind person, so it's not an exclusion after an exclusion. All right. So it's Gavin also. Now, let's keep going in the sheet of Yehuda. We said, so so far we've taken where he knows that there's no boshes, because it's a necha, a necha from Adam Zolman. We just took care of how does he know that there's no case of golus, because he learned that it's below Rose is a, is, is, is a, a Mayan. What about Chayve Miso's based in? That there's no, it's going a little out of order here, but that there's no, uh, uh, there's no death penalty on capital offenses for somebody that is blind. 
The word Ratseach is used. Rashi brings down, if you take a look at the Rashi, Osir Ratseach Ratseach Mechai Vegolos. Bemisa, concerning capital offenses, Ksiv, Lo Sikhu Kofer, do not take bribes, Le Nefesh Ratseach for a murderer. And concerning Golos, it says, Lanus Shama Ratseach. And just as we showed that there is no din of Golos by a blind person, since same word, Ratseach Ratseach, murder, murder. Is by both. So it also teaches that there's no capital uh, punishment by a blind person. And Chayva Malkios, and how do we know that there's no corporal punishment by a <laughs> blind person? That's why it went out of order, because each Shava, each Rosh is built to the next one. And Malkus, we only know once we know Ratzach. Once we know Ratzach is excluded, and it says the word Russia by Ratzach, it also Imben Hayah bin Hakas Harosha by Malkus suggests that there's no Misa punishment by a blind person. There's also no Malkus punishment by a blind person either. So therefore, this is the end of the first brysa. So according to the first brysa, a blind person has a number of uh, asterisks associated with him in terms of punishment that he's susceptible to. There's no boshes, there is no, uh, uh, there's no golos, there's no malchus, and there is no miso. Tanya idach. Now we're going to see another brysa, which is actually even more inclusive, more expansive in terms of what the exemptions that apply to a blind person is. What is that? Okay, that starts off the same, like we had now. Is that a blind person, you don't make pun, does not have payments of uh, boshes. Now we had, by the way, in Rehuda we said go both ways. He doesn't receive money and he doesn't pay money for humiliating. That's how we learned before the Sheet of Yehuda. The Chaynar Yehuda, a poetry, we call Now, so the second prize says, not only is he exempt from Boshes, but he's also exempt from all financial liabilities in the Torah. Dinim usually means like Mishpatim, financial. means means the laws of financial liability do not apply to a blind person. My time to Yehuda. Now, this is more inclusive than we had before. Right. What's the reason for Yehuda Kunta? There's a uh, the second price. So Amar Kroz is Vishofto Aido that the uh, the court has to uh, adjudicate Bain Amako Bain Gael Hadam to determine whether or not this was a murder or whether this is a parsha of Gael Hadam. Gael Hadam is the guy who sent after him if he doesn't run to Golus. Allah Mishpotima Ayla for these judgments. They have to adjudicate for these judgments. So what do we see? We're comparing the Parsha of Golos to Mishpatim. And therefore, Rabbi Yehuda, according to the second Bryce, learns, just as a blind person is not subject to the laws of Goel Adam, the laws of Golos, so too is he not subject to which laws? The Mishpatim, which are the monetary laws as well. So, Kol Sheyeshna Bemaka Begol Hadam. Anyone's in the parish of murder or in the parish of Golos, Yeshna Mishpatim is also in the parish of Mishpatim. Kol Sheyeshna Bemaka Begol Hadam. Ain't a Mishpatim is not applied the laws of Mishpatim to me either. Third Brysa, again, even more exclusive than the first two. Tanya Idoch. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Summa Engel Boishas, starts off the same way, that there is no parsha of Boishas applicable to a blind person. According to this third writer, no mitzvahs in the Torah apply to somebody that is blind. Now there is a machlokus in the Rishonim, does it just mean the mitzvahs say, but he is chayv, he can't go ahead and eat a piece of chaylev, or if, no, it's, uh, or, 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 <coughs> or even, even a, a low says this is, the Rajbah has a question on Taisus, because Taisus says that even though he's potter from the mitzvahs deraisa, but he's still chayv on them in the because otherwise he'd have no connection to Yiddishkeit. And comes along the, the, uh, the Rajbah as a question, is what do you mean? He says, when we say he's potter from the mitzvahs, we don't mean he's potter from all the mitzvahs. It just means that he doesn't have to do the mitzvahs uh, say. But it's mashba that he still has to do the mitzvahs losa say. So he does have a connection. So you don't have to say that he's chayv in the other mitzvahs. That, that's, his connection could be through the Losase. Just as a, a shot that I, I think to explain Chat and Tosvas, Tosvas learns that if the only connection you have to Yiddishkeit is for the things you're not allowed to do, that's negative connection, that's not a connection to Yiddishkeit. 
So Tzadik says it has to be also a positive connection to Yiddishkeit. It can't just be done through the negative. I think that would be the upshot in in Tzadik. Anyway, the point is as follows. So therefore, Amar Rav Shisha read the Rav Idi. My time to read What's the explanation that according to this it is Potter in Kol Mitzvahs again, depending on Rashi, the Tzadik the Rashi. So Amar Kroz says Ve'ela Mitzvahs. These are the Mitzvahs. The Chukim. These are the commandments and the statutes. V'hamish Potim. All right. So this is a pasuk in uh, where is this pasuk brought down in uh, in Devarim. Zos a mitzvah a mitzvah hachukim v'mishpatim is actually a little different. Uh, the girsa we have it's ve'es a mitzvah hachukim v'mishpatim asher tziva hashem lekem lulamet eschem lasus beretz hashatem oivim shama lerishta. All right. When these are the mitzvah that you're giving that you have to keep when you move and go into Eretz Yisrael. Right, so, not, so it's not for Elah Mitzvah, it's Elah Mitzvah, according to the, 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 the Torah Shalom. But anyway, Kol Sheyesh Mishpatim means whoever's in the parsha of Mishpatim is also in the parsha of all mitzvahs, right? And, and Chukim. But Kol Sheyesh Mishpatim, but if you're not in the parsha of Mishpatim, then you're not Bechayav Mitzvah and Chukim. And we just said in the second b'risa that the blind person is not in the parsha of Mishpatim. So just as he's not in the parsha of Mishpatim, he's not in the parsha of Mitzvahs and Chukim either. Amar Rabbi Yosef, we know Rabbi Yosef was blind. There were two people in the Gemara, Amaroyim, that were blind. Sagi Nahar. Who were they? Rabbi Yosef and... Ding, ding, ding. Rabbi Sheshis. Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Sheshis were blind. All right? So these... Uh, right, so it says like this. Amar Rabbi Yosef, it says, Originally, I uh, said to myself, Havamina, that... Man uh, Amar Halok Rabbi Yehuda. Anybody that says that Halokha follows Rabbi Yehuda, that a blind person is potter in mitzvahs, to Amar Asuma potter in mitzvahs, Ka'avdina Yomotavu Rabban. I would have made a banquet, a feast, for the Chachamim to celebrate that that's the Halacha. Why? My time. Because I am blind. I'm not commanded because that's the Halacha. And I still do the mitzvahs. Can you imagine the reward I receive because I'm doing them anyway? However, but then I heard the teaching of Rab Chanina. What did Rab Chanina say? The great award is only to the one who's commanded, is greater the reward than over one who's not commanded. Taisvis and Kedushin explained because there's a bigger Yetzahara, right? To do something on your own volition, you don't have the same Yetzahara as if you're doing something that somebody commands you to do. So therefore, Matsuva Vaisa is greater. Then So therefore, now I don't want the halacha to be like Rabbi Yehuda, because then my reward is only like a mitzvah. You have to say pshat over here, because we learned in Kirke Ovis, you're not supposed to do the mitzvahs almanas l'kabel sacha. You're not supposed to do the mitzvahs in order to get reward. He's mashed, but he's doing it because he wants to get the greater reward. There's answers to it that think about it. But anyway, the point is like this. So therefore, uh, now so anyone tells me that ain't I look Rabbi Yehuda, if somebody's able to tell me that Allah does not follow Rabbi Yehuda, then I would make a big holiday for the Rabbanon. In my time, what's the reason? Because therefore it would end up that if I would be rewarded, I would get greater reward if the Allah does not follow like Rabbi Yehuda. Or see the next Mishnah. Zag the Mishnah. Zechaimer, we touched on this Mishnah many times. Zechaimer, the Adam, the Beshar, it's actually like a sikum of the first couple prokim. Zechaimer, this is the stringency that a person has, the Beshar, over an animal, over an ox. Sha'adam, Shalom, Nezek, Tsar, Ripoy, Shevis, and Boishes, there are five payments associated with the damage of a person. There is the, uh, the Nezek, the damage itself, the evaluation of the individual that you caused, the Tsar, the pain, the Ripoy, the uh, paying for uh, medical fees, Shevis, the loss of employment, while he's convalescing, boshus, humiliation, as well as when a man hits a pregnant woman, causes her to miscarry, you have to pay for the value of the fetuses. The shor damages, you only have the one payment of the damage itself, of the nezek, and there is also, this is all based on psukim, Rashi brings down what the psukim are, there also there is an exemption for paying for the loss of the fetus that the woman loses. You pay for the damage you caused her, but there's no vlad, vlados. Now, Makas Aviv as Ima, we had this yesterday too. The person strikes his father and mother, and there was no wound. Or you damage somebody on Yom Kippur. You're high for all the five payments because there's no Kamleb Deravani because it was not a capital offense. 
Bachovel be'evet ivri. A person damages an evet ivri. Chai bechulam. You damage somebody else, or even your own. I'm sorry. You damage your own evet ivri. Chai bechulon. Chutzmen ha'sheves. Except that you don't pay for the sheves because the sheves is the loss of employment. He's employed to you. Since he's employed to you, you don't pay yourself for the loss of employment. But all the other things that damaged him, you have to pay him. Bizman Shu Shalom, that's what the Ibrahim the Mishnah continues, but it's yours. Right. Achovel the Evet Kenani Shalachim. However, by the way, if it belonged to us and Evet Ivri belonged to someone else, right? Then we had yesterday a Shiloh, what you have to do is Machlok is Rav and Abaya, whether you have to pay the owner of the Shevis or you have to he has to make a uh, a trust or something, whatever uh, and, and and the payrolls go in the, for the duration of the uh, right. Now Chovel the Evet Kanani, what if you damage an Evet Kanani? Now, therefore, it's like you know, denting somebody else's car. Basically, it's very interesting. From on one hand, the Torah looks at it as like chattel. Yet, you could be chayv nisa for killing your own evid. If you kill your evid kanani, it could be a capital offense. You can't. You're not allowed to kill an evid kanani. But in terms of the financial aspects of it, it's like denting. You're denting somebody's car. So chayv bechula, and you have to pay all five payments. Who you obviously you have to pay to the owner. Now, Rabbi Yehuda Omer Eimer Av Vadim Boishas, we had this before as well, is that the one payment you don't have to pay, he says that an Eved Kanani does not have humiliation. Right? There's no... Right. Now, Cheres Shoit Avekotan Kiyosin Ra, encounter with either a deaf person, an imbecile, or a minor, is negative to the person who encounters. You have a run-in, all right, with a Cheres Shoit Avekotan, it always is bad for the person that has that encounter. Why? Because if you damage them, all right, you're going to have to pay. But but if they damage you, they're pturim, they are exempt. They're not chayef in, in, uh, in, in, for their actions. Okay? Shaita is not chayef his actions, the minor is not chayef his actions, and the cheresh also, on some level, he's considered to be not having capacity, he's not chayef his actions. So you're chayef damaging them, they're pottering damaging you. Now, there's a second category, not as bad, but it's still pretty bad. Ha'evet va'isho, an evet is an evet knani we're talking about, and an isho, also giyosun ra, encounters with them that involve damage is also to the detriment of the person that has that encounter with them. Why? Because you damage them, you're going to be chayav. Whether it's four times, four, four, four of them, or five of them, depending on the beauty of the but you're going to have to pay. But when they damage someone else, they are going to be potter. Because if Evet Kanani doesn't own anything, and the Isha doesn't own anything, so therefore, you can't... What's that? If it's a single woman, maybe. But generally, a married woman, everything that she owns is uh, really is owned by the. She has no owner. Like it's like you know, you've written everything over to the other person. There's no. Uh, there's no. Therefore, however, but here there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Tunnel. Avamashamil achasman. But after a, a time, there's a possibility of collecting payments. It means you can put a judgment on them. Can't collect right now. Why? So they don't have it. They don't have it. But you can put a judgment on them and get paid later. What is the later? This Garsha Isha, when she gets divorced and now acquires her own assets, or Nishtachra Evid, or when the Evid gets released and now becomes a full-fledged member of society, a full-fledged Yid, and he gets his own assets, then you can act upon the judgment and then Chayav Nisham, and then they have to pay. That's why it separates the first three from the last two. Because the first three, there is no judgment on them. In these two, there could be a judgment. Because here it's only a technical issue. They can't pay. It's not that they're not chayev to pay. They can't. The first three are not chayev to pay. Can minor when he gets older. No, there's no such thing. The minor is potter in damages. All right. Now, hamake aviv the emo. Now we're the opposite for the case. A person who damages his father and mother, v'azban chabura, and did cause a, a bleed, a wound. V'achobo v'chavero. If it's on Shabbos, it's in kachet potter, and not to pay any of the five payments. Why not? 
Because it is a capital offense. Now, the Gemara brings down, I think it's the position of Chizkia. It doesn't actually have to result in a capital of offense. Meaning, if there was no witnesses, there was no Adim, whatever it is, there was no, uh, there has to be some level of Adim, you know, to be Machayvu, but there wasn't, God didn't follow the right procedures to execute the person. I think he says, even Beshogig, since it's an act that could possibly have led. To a capital offense that also kicks in the laws of Kamle with the Rabbinah. Others disagree with him. Others say only when there is actually a capital punishment, not when it could have been, right? But, uh, but, but I think the Chizkiah's sheet, and I think that's what we passed is even when it doesn't actually result in a capital offense, but it could have resulted in a capital offense. Let's say somebody uh, damaged his own Evakanani. So to kill your Evakanani, we said you have Misa. But if you damaged your own Evet Kenani, so that's going to take a hammer to your own car. All right? So what's the law? What's the law? Potter Mikulin, you don't pay anything. You just damage your own car. But, but, but if, you, if you blind Evet or does somebody get... Unless, unless it's a major limb, then he goes free. Okay, but let's say it wasn't a major limb. Wasn't, you just went ahead, you know, you broke his arm. Okay? Fine. You don't pay because it just, it's, you just hurt yourself. You just damn, you kicked the door in your car. All right. All right. Let's see the Gemara. Rav Loza asked Rav the following Shailah. So person went and damaged the minor daughter of his friend. Now the issue is going to be like this because we know that the law is of a katana that the father has the financial rights. He can marry off to anyone and collect the money. He himself uh, can get, get her Misa Yadayim that she does. So since he has the financial rights over her, does that also translate that if somebody damages her, he gets it, right? Or the other way to look at it, he just has the rights of what she brings him, but he doesn't own her goof. Since he doesn't own her goof, a damage directly to her goof he wouldn't have the right to collect. Who has the rights to collect that? She does. she does, right? That's the question. Now, whether or not is a Nara included is subject to some discussion because a Nara technically is no longer a Katana. But there are financial benefits. He can't sell her anymore, but he can still marry her off. Right. He can still get some. Gemaisi dime still belongs to... Him. So there's a Shiloh that this applies to Nara as well, even though it says Ketana, but it could be as opposed to a Bogeris. Bogeris, no Shiloh. Because a Bogeris, she's completely independent financially, and therefore what? It's all right. Right. Tomorrow says like this. Me, I'm do we say, Kevan de Akni le Rachmono, Shvach Urim La'am. Since the Torah has conferred upon the father all of the financial benefits of her in her childhood. So therefore, that's also would be included in what is conferred and he would be able to collect that. So therefore, my time, and what would be the logic for it? Because the bottom line is, he has a right to marry her off and who collects the benefit? Now, if you go ahead now and now she's only got three teeth left in her mouth or she only has one eye, you have financially affected the father because now... That who's going to want to marry her, right, on that level, and therefore, so you've asked, so maybe that is considered to be a financial damage to the father, and therefore he has the right to collect when she is physically damaged as well. So my time, she now has become diminished in her value, the kesef that he would have been able to receive for her kedushin. Maybe not. Maybe the Torah says, you have a right to those things that are a outcome of what she does or what you get for her. But that doesn't give you the ownership of her physical being. You don't own her. That you cannot own an, uh, uh, another Jewish person's physical being, right? That means you have a right even to the fact if you want to marry off to a person covered in boils, why is that using an example, marrying off to someone covered in boils? Because obviously somebody that is disfigured, somebody that nobody wants to marry, what will end up happening? Divorce? You're going to be able to get a lot of money. So the father can actually maximize on how much that person's going to be willing. So you can even go ahead to her 
detriment marry her off to somebody that is disfigured that you're going to be able to make oh, bank on it. The, 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 the husband. The husband. Right. But, but that still doesn't mean that you physically own her being, right? Therefore, so but concerning her damage to her physical being, right? If you wanted to go and break her arm yourself, it's not like an Evaknani. We said by an Evaknani, if you break the arm of the Evaknani, you don't have to pay him because you own it. You can't go over to your daughter and break her arm and you don't have a right to go ahead and do that. So just so therefore, what do you see from the fact you don't have a right to go and break her arm? Therefore what? That shows... You don't, you don't own it. And therefore, if something physically damages her, what would that mean? She should get it, not you. So therefore, you would not be about able to damage her. So therefore, the Torah does not confer on you the damages that she has a right to receive if somebody damaged her. Right? So that's the Shiloh. That's the Shiloh that was asked to Rav by Rabbi Loza. Everyone understand again the Shiloh Rabbi Loza has it. The fact the Torah confers on him the rights, financial rights of his daughter, to what point? Right? What about if the physical damage that affected her directly, and, and there is a negative impact to him on a certain level. What's the negative impact to him? Now he's gonna, he can't he can't get evaluated what he can collect on marrying her off. So does he have a right to it? Or no, he can't go ahead and cause the damage himself. He doesn't have a right to damage his cause to her. Those are two stardom of the Shiloh. All right, top of the Zainam base. So Amale, so Rav answered him, so the simple reading was, he has no right to collect anything. He has no right to collect anything from, from uh, the, for, 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 for the daughter. The only rights that Torah gave are those spin-offs, those byproducts of things that the work she does, or the money you get for selling her, or, or, or marrying her off. But damage to her, he has no rights. Now the Mephoshim speak out over here. The Shiloh was never concerning the Tsar, Boishas, and Ripui. Humiliation, uh, the, uh, uh, the pain, and the, uh, and the medical fees. That for sure she collects to take care of for herself. The only Shiloh was Nagaba, the Shevis, and the, the Nezik which is the loss of employment and the devaluation, because there we understand those two things have an impact on him as well. So therefore, that was the Shiloh. It was only the guy by the Shevis and the, and the Nezek and the Shevis. And on that, it seems to be that Rav is ruling that he, he does not have the right to collect that. That money would go to her. Everybody with me? So let's see. So A survey. So the Gemara has a question. I think Rabbi Loza asked Rav back from the following. <coughs> it's our Mishnah, I believe. This is our Mishnah. It says as follows. What did we see? That if a person damaged an Evet Ivri. Now an Evet Ivri on a certain level is almost like the daughter. You don't own the physical being of the Evet Ivri. Yet the Evet Ivri has to turn over his Maisegadayim. To the master. So an Evid Ivri is a similar to, a, to a, the case of a daughter. Chayev Bechulan, right? You Chayev to the Evid for all of them. Chutz mina Sheves, except for the Sheves, the unemployment, because we're talking about what's your Evid Ivri, so therefore you, don't, you, you own his employment, so therefore you don't have to pay him for the loss of employment. That was Manchu Shaloi, all right? But what do you see though? We see that the Evid Ivri has a right to collect his Nezek. He has a right to collect the Shevas he doesn't collect. But the Nezek, the evaluation, he has a right to collect. So the Chora, so what do you see? And therefore, and if somebody damaged the daughter, Maybe she for sure she should be able to collect the Nezek. Like the, uh, like the Evid Ivri is able to collect it. Even from the Adon, the Evid Ivri is allowed to collect it. Everyone hear the question? Yeah. What's the question? It, it, it seems to agree with you, no? No. Abaya said, uh, 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 I mean, Rav said he doesn't collect anything. He, collect. he gets nothing. You mean she gets it? Yes. So he also have a different gets it. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm missing something. Rav said that the Torah only gave the right. You mean that she gets it? That's what Rav was saying. Rav was saying, which means that the only right goes 
You only have, you, you only have, and therefore you don't have a right to collect anything, and right? And she gets it, she right? So therefore, Achalu be'evet ivri chayv bechulan chutz min hashevus b'zman shu shalom. All right, and, uh, right. And, uh, and let's take a look at Rashi. Take a look, second line, Rashi. Min hashevus b'zman shu shalom v'lo be'evet da'acher, but not if it would be somebody else's sir, slave. Tzmashmei would be somebody else's slave. Then what? The nosen shivto l'rabo. Then the sheves you would have to give to the master. Okay. All right. Kedani miad the evet ivri shelo potur hoil amaisa yadav shelo. Vachinam it came and the beat amaisa yadav shelo lishkol sheves sheba. The kashal erav the amar lo zichsator laav ella shavach neurim bevan devaya filu chabala zichsalo. Now, so with the kashas is from the Shevis, mm-hmm. right? From the Shevis, the unemployment, right? That's, that's uh, yeah, you're, you're picking up a good point. That, what did it say? It says, if you damaged your Evid, mm-hmm. you have to pay everything to, to the Evid, except you don't pay the unemployment. Smash by that if it was somebody else's, if somebody else had, uh, then, then you would have to pay the unemployment to who? To the owner. Which, me, which, is, which then, it's mashma that there is some payment that is being made out to the owner. And, and Rav said, you don't have to pay, the, 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 that the owner doesn't have, the father doesn't have a right to collect. Hey, the Maisia dime is no different, so why shouldn't the unemployment go to the father? That is the Gemara's question. All right. So, Amr Abaya, Moda Rav, the Sheves, the Maisia da, Adshaz Bagrus Havi. So, when Mora is saying is, comes along Abaya, and he said that when Rav said, that you only have the right to the financial benefits that come because of the girl, it doesn't mean to exclude everything, right? It means like this. It means you still have a right to the Maiseyadayim. The loss so means Sheves, which translates the loss of the Maiseyadayim. You have a right to collect. And the Rishonim speak out more than that also. But it also means, even the Nezek, it's true. Let's say that uh, you chopped off the woman's hand. Right? And that's a, a, a $300,000 assessment. All right? But we still, the Mephoshim speak out, let's say that now you could have married her off to somebody and you would have been able to get $10,000. But now you're only going to be able to marry, find out somebody else, only going to be willing to pay uh, $500. So you lost $9,500 based on that. That also you would have a right to collect. You don't have a right to collect the $300,000. That $300,000 goes to her. Minus the $9,500 because that is considered to be shvach ne'urim. So that's what he speaks out. So actually the father has a right to the sheves, to the unemployment, the piece that's lost, plus the part that's affecting what he would have been able to get for her, that's part of that also, that's before he can speak out. So therefore, it wasn't just a blanket statement that Rav was making, that you don't have a right to collect anything. No, this would be included in the Shvach Neurim, because this is like the Maise Yadayim, or the Kesef Kedushin, that you would have a right. But on the actual Nezek that is caused to her, of course... She has, because you don't own her body, she owns her body and she has a right to collect that, that the overall nezek. Okay, let's keep going. <coughs> okay, Eisebe. And Moran now asks another follow-up question on Rab. It says, <laughs> So you, if you damage someone's adult son, <laughs> So now, uh, I, I, I think it's referring to you being the father Right? It's talking about the father damaged. Right? Yeah, it's talking about you damage your own son, right. your adult son. You have to pay him full damages. All right? Cotton is if it's your son who is a minor, you have to pay, but you don't pay it to him because you don't want to give the child the money. So you create the school will go like a trust. You create a trust that he will get and when he becomes old enough to be able to, uh, to deal with it. Now, but if you damage your daughter that is a minor, Potter, then what? Then you're exempt. 
And if others damage her, then they have to pay the father. Now that's direct contradiction to what we just said. Because we said before, is that you don't have the right of her goof. And therefore you would, so therefore if you damaged her, you should have to pay her. And, there, and, and, right? and if somebody else damages her, right, they should have to pay her. So when it says, again, what we're talking about specifically is that what you don't have to pay or is the unemployment piece, the piece that correlates to the Maisiyadayim, and that's also the piece where others damaged her have to pay the master. But the actual Nezek itself, that Avada, you have to make her uh, reinstate her, whatever the, whatever the loss to her was, that now that she has that limb missing or whatever it was. Let's keep going. Now the Gemara goes back to it because what does it say? It says, "Bivno Godol Yiten Lo Miyad." Says your adult son, you have to pay. The father has to pay the son immediately. So I'm going to ask the following question. I'm going to ask you a contradiction. Now, the, actually, the Mephoshim speak out here that this could have also been a kasha from the Vnoa Cotton. You're going to see this brisa seems to contradict directly the brisa we just said before. It says like this. Someone who damaged his sons or his daughters. Uh, it's not his. Others. He damages the sons and daughters of other people. So adults, you will pay them right away. So, and if they're minors, so then you need to make a trust. Right. Now, we weren't talking about others. This is where we're talking about your own before, and the Bryce before. So let's see what it says about... Now, what did we say before? Remember, let's keep that in mind. What did we say before? If you damaged your son... Who's an adult? Came right away. Your your younger boy make a trust. Bevanav of Noisov, your sons and your daughters shaloi if they're yours. Potter. Now that's the chora. So how do you how do you understand? That's not what we learned in the first bride. In the first bride, we said if they're adults, then you pay them right away, and if they're minors, right. We're talking about like this, that the, the, the second bride is talking about where they're, you're, they're, they're not independent. Even the adult children, you're still bankrolling them. Mm-hmm. All right? And the first bride was talking about that you're not bankrolling them. So the first bride we're not bankrolling them, that you have to pay them right away. You have to set up a trust. But in the second brisa, where you are bankrolling them, since you're bankrolling them, then you are exempt or others will have to pay you since you're paying financially, you have the rights to their financial uh, collections. What is it like this? Let's see if that answer makes sense. So, Bamayo Kimto, how have you established the Kamais, the first brisa? Right, remember, the first brisa was the one that said that if it's adults, you pay them right away. If it's minors, you set up a trust, right? And he said, if it's your daughter, so by, uh, then we said, Sheves, you don't have to pay, and others have to pay you the Sheves. That's the way we learned the first Brysa. Now, says the Moral Kiss, Abayah came to the how did you establish that first Brysa? We said it's talking about where they're not reliant on you financially, right? That's the way we explained it. Therefore, you have to pay them because they're not financially. So if that's correct, Let's take a look at the second part of the bride. We haven't said the second part yet. But what did the second part of that bride say? I'm sorry, we did say the part. That's what, but it says, if you damage your daughter, what did we say? Potter. Now let's understand this one. We just said before, what does it mean you're potter? Because, you're, because of the Maiseyadayim. You're paying for that to the unemployment, right? But if you're not financially taking responsibility for them, then what? Why are you paying them immediately? No, then why should you be exempt? The only exemption we said that you don't have to pay, we said, why do you have to pay for the Nezik? We said by the daughter. You don't have to pay for the Shevis. Right. Why? Because she owes you the Shevis. She owes my Now, Lachor, why does she owe it? Because you're taking financial responsibility for her. But if you're not taking financial responsibility, the first bride is talking about where there is no financial responsibility, then Lachor, you should have to give her the Shevis too. Was it like this? And not only that, it says, it says, if others damaged her, so then they have to give the father. Why do they have to give the father anything? 
It makes sense we'd have to give the father if he's taking financial responsibility for her. But if you're not taking financial responsibility for for the unemployment, it should go to her, not to the father. So leave it up by the mace of law. Right? Why? To buy mizoni because Lachora, she needs it for her own food. You know, if he's, if he's not feeding her, he actually has to take her, so then they should have to pay her for the unemployment that's being lost. She has to support herself. Now, even though we had in Masechus Kedushin, there was an opinion that said, What's that? Ksuvas and Gittin, there are a number of places. Anyway, so Moses is like, I feel a man to me, Yochel Arav, Loimeleevet, Aseimi, Veini Zancho. Right? It says that you, that you can say to an, an Evet Kenani, you can say to him that, you know what, you have to work for me, and I am not going to support you. It's a machlok, is we allowed to do that. But even according to the opinion, it says you are allowed to say that, right? That's only you have a right to do that, because you're hurting yourself. It's your car. You're not going to take do an oil change in your car. You're hurting yourself. But you have a right to go ahead and do that. You can say him all day. You need to work for me. means, but what it means, go beg, go beg. You want to eat like a mensch? Go beg for the money. You can say that according to one opinion. But the only time you have a right to say that is by an evet by an evet kenani by an evet ivri and kol by your daughter. Right? If you are not going to be supporting her, you have no right to demand that she gives you what. And if you don't have a right to the Maisei Dayim, so therefore if you damaged her or somebody else damaged her, who should collect the Shavas? To go to her. So Chayra, so Thirai, so Kulu Yavu, the Urta Zil Sacher, the Echol, Aval Evid Ivri, the Ksiv, Kitoyla Imach, and Evid Ivri says you have to deal with them even better than yourself. You have one, one pillow, give it to him. You have, you, you have to treat him better. You can't treat him like an Evid Kanani. So therefore, Imach Bamaychal, Imach Bamishta, right? He has, to, he has to be at least equal, if not better than what you're eating and what you're drinking. So Lokosha can beat, you wouldn't be allowed to do it, but Kosha can beat, that you're not allowed to treat that way. So again, so how could they learn the first Bryce is talking about, that it's talking about that it's that you're not financially responsible for them and still you have a right to collect their Shevis? That doesn't make any sense. So the answer answers like this. Let me explain it outside and we'll see it inside. The one is going to say as follows. Is that let's say an Evan Ivry and this will apply also by an, uh, a, 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 your daughter, let's say she has a capacity to bring in uh, $5,000 a month of my a dime. Right? And let's say Mizonos would cost $3,000. Right? So the halacha is, if you're not willing to take care of the Mizonos, She's allowed to keep the money that would take care of the Mizonos. But how much do we say that she needs for Mizonos? $3,000. What happens to the extra $2,000? She has to give it to him. So that's called the Adofa. That's above what she needs for Mizonos. So even if you're not taking financial responsibility, the Adofa portion, she has a right to collect. All right? And that part, you don't have to give for the unemployment. And that part, if somebody else damages her, he has to pay you that $2,000. That's what it's referring to when we said over here that your potter and others have to pay you. That's what it's referring to. Like Rava, the son of Rav Ula said, all right, again, this was in Mesach Suvis, like Ira said, says the Mark this, fine. So Bamayo came to the How do we explain the second brisa? So we said the second brisa is talking about Basnuhin Al Al that that you are supporting them financially. So it's says like this. Well, if you're supporting them financially, right? So then uh, why should the Bidin be Gedolim Yitan Lemiyad, right? If you are supporting them, then why the fact that it's an adult? Why should you have to pay them right away? And if it's a child, uh, uh, why do you have to make for them a trust? Since you're taking financial responsibility, why should they be getting anything? Should go to the father. What's an interesting thing? The one says, you want to know the, 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 what, what a father is? A father is only makbid if it's coming out of his own pocket. If it's coming out of his own pocket, I'm taking care of you. I should have to pay you. That's but, but if it's talking about somebody else paying them, somebody else giving them the money, I let my kid have it. Even though I'm taking care of them financially, somebody that damaged them, 
Let them have it. That's the father. The father is not makbe if it's coming from someone else, not, not coming out of his own pocket. It's only when something that's financially affecting him negatively. But if it's coming from the outside, right, coming from a third party who damaged your kid, let the kid keep it. But we know the halacha is that if a child finds a metziah, who keeps the metziah? The father. Now, that's coming from an outside. It's not costing mm-hmm. the father. So why don't we say, oh, my kid, let my kid have it. We know that's not the din. The father, has a, the father takes it. Why don't we say the same sforo? That comes from the outside. They got copied and still the father's makbid. So what it says now, it adds a new sforo, a new nuance. When the child is the one that gets damaged and somebody else did it to the child, technically you should be allowed to collect it because you're spankrolling the kid. Let my kid keep it because he ended up getting the damage. But in Aveda, nothing, the kid didn't have any loss involved in it. I'm supporting him. He has no loss. He should turn the Aveda over to me. That's the difference. When it says like this, when it's an outside benefit or profit coming from the outside, and the child that have not any, did not endure anything negative to get it, Concerning it, copy the father's market which you turned over to him. But Tsar, that first of all, it comes from the outside, and the child is subjected to pain because of it. It's not marked with the child should keep it. What about, but what, what about, there is a case over there that there is pain to the child and it does come from the outside. When we said by the daughter, when others damage the daughter, right? Others damage the daughter, right? They have to give, the, the, they have to give the, 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 the father. So what happened over there? Why she got the damage? coming from the outside, why should it go to the father? Why should it go? Someone says like this, let's, let's put into a perspective. That Brysa over there that's talking about where you have to give it to her, it's talking about a father that's not willing to, bank, to support his daughter. So what type of father are we talking about over there anyway? We're talking about a, kab, a kabdana, ish kabdana. We're talking about a person that's mocked about his money. Just, he's not willing to feed his daughter. That guy's going to want the money to come to him. Right? That's what it says like this. So says like this. He's not willing to take care of his own children. Even things that come from a third person, even where the child was hurt and damaged, copied, he's going to be mocked. But Hacha, in the first bride, the bride we were dealing with before, the he's taking care of his children. When is the only mocked? It's only when it's coming out of his own pocket, it's mocked. But it's coming from the third party. Like a pig. We'll stop the